What's the one thing all great teams have in common? Great coaching. Try to suck up to me, Andrew. Hey! Goldberg! I bet if that talk was a cheese burger, you stop it! No, I agree. I would not be an acid physically. I have more of a podcast body. Clap! 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 It's the Quack Attack Podcast. Hey everybody, to think I wasted all those years worrying about what you thought. I'm Mike, Tommy, and Kevin are not here. They're busy. They're busy people. They're important. But I didn't want to break the streak, so I'm going solo here, trying a new thing. I I did an impromptu. This is going to be an impromptu sort of live show. We'll see if anybody shows up. It's To be honest, it's the middle of the day right now. So... I'm going to be on for like half an hour here. We'll see how long the actual episode is. This might be five minutes. This might be 10 minutes, but uh, wanted to continue to provide stuff for the Quackalites because we appreciate you. Tommy and Kevin appreciate you. I appreciate you. Like I said, most fun I've ever had is doing this podcast and I got a lot to talk about. So if anybody joins me, we'll, uh, we'll talk with them. If not, plenty to talk about first thing i want to talk about a couple recommendations for everybody out there first of all netflix story uh is i guess the the title of the series is called untold stories and the title of the episode so it's like kind of an anthology each episode is not related to another is called crime and penalties it's a documentary series and this episode revolves around a hockey team called the Danbury Trashers. Now this came on my radar because the whole story is that it was bought by this mobster. He gave it to his 17 year old son and his son talks in the documentary about how he was introduced to hockey. And that was through the mighty ducks. So it's a crazy story. There's a little bit of a mighty ducks connection, but I would highly recommend it here because it is a lot of fun. There's a slight talk about Mighty Ducks at the, at the beginning, but basically his idea was this kid's idea was to combine pro wrestling and the Mighty Ducks is to love into this team called the Danbury Trashers. And it gets interesting from there. Highly recommend. The other thing I want to recommend, and this is um, from our friend, friend of the pod, Sway Bhatia. So it's a cool little movie here. Uh-oh. Here we go. We got the legend. The legend is coming on. I did not expect anybody to come on, but he is connecting to audio right now. Let's see if he can make it in time. JB's 777. Jared, how are you? Good. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Are you at work right now? Maybe. <laughs> I, I appreciate I appreciate the effort for coming in. Jared Beasley, first person to join. I didn't think anybody was going to join, honestly, but I should have counted on Jared. Uh, one of the true OGs. Joyce is the, the first OG. You might be the second. Do you have anything you want to ask me? Any trivia questions I should answer or anything else that you want covered here? Uh, I'm going to need a second to think about it. I'm not prepared. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. So I'm just going to continue then. So my second recommendation, Jared, I was talking about untold stories, which I put in the, the discord. Highly recommend Crime and Penalties is the name of the episode. Second thing is interesting concept. Haven't seen this before. It's called 
Iowa Chapman and the Last Dog. So it's a, I guess it's a podcast, but it's it's a one episode, three hour podcast. Um, so it's a, it's this post apocalyptic world, and uh, this girl finds what she thinks is the last remaining dog. Interesting concept. I like it. The reason I'm going to recommend it, the girl, the voice of the girl, Sway Batia, plays Sophie in obviously Mighty Ducks Game Changers. So those are my two recommendations for everybody there. Want to move on now. So I posted this on Facebook, posted it in the Discord. Again, the Discord. I love the Discord. I'll put a link in the show notes to the Discord. I'll put it in the show notes to the podcast app too. So you don't have to go to the website. You can go straight to the podcast app. So we had a, I was, I was uncovering some stuff. I was looking through some stuff that was sent to me a while ago. And I found this call sheet for D3, the Mighty Ducks. So this was day 15 of 44 and filming. And again, I'll put these in the show notes on the website, thequietconnect.com. And it's an interesting call sheet. So we have a breakdown. Everybody's on the ice. This is day 15, but it's sort of near the end of the film. Um, and sort of the breakdown is Coach Wilson gives instructions. Everybody quacks. Um, and then Coach Wilson is not happy. Banks wants to stay in the game, which is interesting. I don't know if that ever made it to the actual um, film, documentary, the, the production version of the documentary. Banks wanting to stay in the game. I don't know if he had some sort of injury or what. Um, coaches shout at players. Charlie's made team captain, obviously. Very important. Uh, Coach Wilson says to watch for the spinorama. We'll come back to that one. Uh, Portman goes to the penalty box. We obviously, obviously see that. Wu goes to the penalty box. Um, and then, you know, there's some other stuff here. Special instructions. Smoke today. I'm sure that was a very exciting day. Uh, the nearest hospital location. I appreciated that as well. Um, yeah, you can see all the stand-ins and kind of what they have. But the most interesting thing to me was the second page. I didn't put the full second page on here because uh, it's just basically a list of names, except at the bottom, there are the stunts. So stunt number one, uh, Banks poke checks puck into varsity zone. Okay, not very exciting. Fulton takes Cole hard into the board. Okay. Goldberg makes diving save. I think this makes the film here. Goldberg playing up, obviously. Um, and then we get into some interesting stuff. Varsity assaults ducks. I don't know what that means. I don't know if it made it into the film, but I it, it got my mind racing. What what could be the lost footage out there? And then Rick hitting Goldberg in the face. I don't think that made the film uh the bash brothers serving it up i have no idea what that means uh rust trips rick again don't think this makes it and although i guess no rust rust doesn't get the final penalty there's a five on three at some point maybe that does make it and then charlie hit checks rick which is interesting because um i don't know if i guess poorman hits cole but we have Fulton hitting Cole Portman, not involved in these stunts at all. I don't know if this was a different day or what. Um, and then uh, Charlie does the spinorama again. So two mentions of the spinorama. It seems like the spinorama was supposed to be a big plot point in D3 and just went by the wayside here. Um, and then wardrobe, there's the captaincy. And then there's a shot of 
Scott White, aka Scooter, sliding across the, the crease. But Jared, um, do you want to read your question out, or, or are you hiding somewhere where you cannot talk? I, I can read it. Okay, I can read it. But for, first, I have a follow-up question for you. Do sure. You think this panorama uh, that Charlie was supposed to do is what Evan did in Game Changers. Oh, interesting. That would be um, that would be like a, a, a super callback to something that only Steve Brill wanted to do. I think I don't know if it's a direct callback. Like I don't know if they were like, oh, Charlie does was supposed to do the spinorama. I think he actually does one, but it's not like a big deal in D three, where it seems like it was a big deal in this call sheet. Yeah, I think it's more just a coincidence. Like they wanted a realistic hockey play in the spinorama, obviously um, semi-realistic, I guess, depending on the situation. So I, I remember the spin from D3 you're referring to, and it's very anticlimactic. Yeah, it's very subtle. And then he like gets on, well, I think Josh says he's on a breakaway, but then he has two more defensemen to beat and then he gets on a breakaway. So I don't know a lot to, I'll have to review the film here and uh, figure it out. But uh, back, back to your quack question. Yeah, my, my quiet question is, uh, so Game Changers uh, was lacking a scene at the Mall of America, uh, which was featured at some point in all three movies of the trilogy. Uh, where, where should it have been inserted in the season? Interesting. So obviously, shooting in Vancouver, they'd have to come up with their own Mall of America, which was probably the reason why they didn't do it. I feel like if they were shooting in Minnesota, that would be a scene. Um, I'm inclined to do it at the beginning just because, uh, it seems like it would fit well. Like Alex gets the team together. Maybe they hand out their trophies, uh, instead of the pizza place. It's at like the mall of America and they've all been skating around there. There's a nice little thing where they're all having fun skating and learning about each other. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe passing around the ball or the puck, uh, to share their feelings while on the roller skates and people are falling down. So yeah, I would do like maybe episode two-ish around there somewhere. But uh, did you have another idea? Uh, no, I didn't have any any ideas of where I thought it would fit. But that that works. I like that because it's the the premise of of it being used all the other times was some sort of camaraderie building or team gathering outside of D three, which was more or less just a time filler. Yeah. So. I like that a lot. Yeah, I'm trying to think where else it could be. I mean, maybe season two. Maybe we get it in season two. They all get together. But anyway, I think that's all I have to cover, unless somebody else comes on. I, I guess I'm going to stay on till uh, 245 just to see what happens here. But an impromptu, impromptu episode, because Kevin and Tommy, busy people, important jobs. I, I guess my job's important, but like I can kind of work when I want to. So, you know, it's two o'clock and I was like, hey, I don't want to leave the Quackalites hanging. We'll see what happens here. And, you know, if this goes 10 minutes, that's fine. If it goes, if the episode turns out to be 45 minutes, I'll probably have to get back to work at some point. But that is it for me. Um, Jared. Jared, let me actually look this up. Let me let me give you the results right now for 
the quack court. So it's been a couple of weeks since quack court. We kept it open a second week. Jared and Jeremiah went at it pretty hard on the quack court and the question of should Bombay have been able to the, I guess the, the question was, should the mighty ducks have allowed Bombay to continue coaching them after he showed up in the middle of the Germany game? Um, Jared, you were ahead early on. Jeremiah came storming back and Jeremiah actually ends up winning the vote, uh, 61% to 39%. So very close, uh, not a blowout by any means, but, uh, do you have any loser concessions you want to, you want to say any, anything, um, that you want to get out any gripes you want to give to the quack lights? Uh, no, no gripes. So that was a well-deserved win for him. He he had much more eloquent arguments, even fighting the harder uh, stance to have to fight. So I, I wasn't surprised he won. Okay, fair enough. A very um, diplomatic answer there. Kind of disappointing, but. <laughs> hey, uh, well, I I did hope that my uh, bringing up the Maria Cannon would would win it for me, but I guess it wasn't strong enough. No, that was good. That was good. I think his play to cast doubt on who, on whether, well, I guess it was kind of your play to cast doubt on whether Jesse called the flying V, but um, watching it again, I'm, I'm inclined to believe you because Bombay is looking intently at Jesse to say, Hey, like you got to do it. Charlie yells at Jesse, you got to do the flying V. So I don't think this was, this was Jesse's call the way Jeremiah explained it but that needed further review for me before i um really took uh umbrage with his argument because i thought it was a good argument at the beginning that he went wild but you called him out on it i thought it was a good play but didn't win out in the end so the quack lights have spoken congratulations to jeremiah he earns a a shop item probably a t-shirt by the way t-shirts 15 dollars in the shop right now we got a Labor Day sale going on. So uh, I believe it's now until September 12th. So you got a couple of days, uh, a couple, almost two weeks here. So $15. Can I make t-shirt. a note about the t-shirts? Sure. For everyone. Uh, do not dry them. Do not dry them? I've learned that the hard way. Oh, interesting. What happened? Uh, the screen print starts to come off. Oh, Okay. Jared, send me a message. We'll get you a new t-shirt. Uh, it was my coach Bombay one that, that, or the air Bombay one that okay. faded on me fast. Okay. Yeah. So that's devastating. I've not had, I have uh, the make America quack again shirt and it, it worked fine um, for me with drawing and stuff, but uh, yeah, just be careful out there folks. Uh, if, if you have had this problem, please message me so I can talk to our t-shirt people and see if there's a solution to that. And we'll get you replacements as well. So good tip, Jared. We appreciate your input here. Jared, OG sandwich enthusiast, Jared, and one of the OG Quackalites. One of maybe the mighty, biggest Mighty Ducks fan uh, we've seen here. I feel like you've got the, the merch, you've got the knowledge um anything else you want to touch on jared before we move on here uh no i don't actually but thank you (laughs) okay (laughs) okay so that 
is that maybe maybe we'll pull out some quack questions. Let me go to the Discord and see if there's any quick quack questions um, that I can handle that. Because some of these I want Tommy and Kevin's opinion on when they're not busy. And which is better, the series or the trilogy? Cake Eater 92. I feel like that's uh, going to be a controversial one. I'll say the trilogy just for nostalgia's sake. But um, Bobby L says, would Gordon have come back to help Charlie in D3 if Hans doesn't die? But we're going to save that one because we have an episode. We'll have an episode coming up where we talk about, you know, what happens if Bombay actually ended up coaching at Eden Hall. And I think there's a lot of ripple effects, similar to our previous episode where Miss McKay coached the junior Goodwill games as head coach. Bombay was not involved at all. Uh, we went down a winding road that ended with Herb Brooks and Michael Ruzioni's math skills uh, being called into question there. So if you haven't listened to that episode, please do. But other than that, I have a quick question that I would recommend being answered at some point. Okay. That uh, Cats fan in Ohio asked in the Discord a while back uh, of what's the best insult line in the original trilogy. Oh, proceeded to give some examples. That, that'd be a good one to talk about in the future. Okay. Yes. I like that. Let me see if I can find it real quick because I would like to see his examples. Um, lots of stuff in, in this, this uh, Discord that has been fun, as I mentioned. Uh, P.F. Changs. I cannot find it now. Best insult line in the trilogy, though. Just an initial, yeah, we'll have to have a more thorough discussion on this, but just my initial thought is uh, Bombay calling Goldberg a cream cheese boy. Just uh, sort of came out of nowhere for me. I always appreciated that one. I'm trying to think who else. I mean, obviously, you have like, hey, Gee, like it's your mom, that kind of stuff, but cream cheese boy would be my early pick tommy and kevin though would have some opinions on this uh because they're much more um they're, they're meaner than me i would say that's not necessarily a bad thing they just uh you know tell it like it is so appreciate them even though they're busy people they're, that's the problem with having a pod with successful people they gotta work so it uh, it cuts into our pod time so I didn't want to keep the streak, uh, or I didn't want to lose the streak, though, so I'm going to keep it going. We've, we've already set a record for episodes because we did two a week there for 10 weeks, and we have some more coming up. I'm looking to lock down a few guests. I've had some conversations here, so we, hopefully we have some um, interesting people coming up in the future, but uh, as we close this one out here, I will just say thank you to everybody who has supported us, who has listened, who has shared it, who has been a producer. Let me pull up the producer list because I do appreciate you. I think people said, you know, it's getting long. I don't want to hear all the names, but I like to read the names and give these people recognition because they are my favorite people. So let's just go through them right now. Our executive producers, Elsie Barnett, the OG really. She was the first one I think to donate. So I appreciate you. Brian Berg, very active in the Discord. Alex Yabara, Josh Licht uh, was going to be doing Quack Court instead of Jared, but uh, again, work gets in the way. Devastating time. Uh, Air Lemaire, Bobby Lemaire, the rabbi, Lex Rothenberg, Lexi, the Lexi, Lexi kid. Oh my God. 
executive executive producer, Rabbi Lex. He was on a, a couple episodes back talking about Judaism and the Mighty Ducks. Aaron Davis, Ed Semia, the curling coach from Yale. Love that guy. Uh, Alex Blahos, obviously. Uh, big famous guy, Outlander season six coming soon. Watch it, please. Joy Singh, we talked about her already. The OG Matt Holtwick, who uh donated and then became a monthly donator. So I appreciate that. Deborah Chen, also one of our first producers. We appreciate you, Jeremiah, trivia champion and quiet court champion, improves his quiet court record to two and one over 500 right now. He's like, um, he's like Bombay, really undefeated, except for the one case. We don't count that. Adam Ferry, always active online. Oh, there's Jared Beasley, Jay Beasley, 777. We appreciate you, Jared. Lisa Wobick, Anthony Geoffrey, Jeff Fanta, Stevie Yanks, very active on Facebook, has asked some great uh, quiet questions. J.D. Youngblood, his card gets canceled. And instead of being like, oh, well, that's it. Or I guess his card expired. I wouldn't say canceled. I don't know J.D.'s financial situation. I would hope it just expired and didn't get canceled. But... His card uh, expires. He's no longer donating to us. Gets a new card. Says, hey, one of his first moves. Hey, I'm going to donate to the Quackatech again. So we appreciate you, JD. Chris Garland. Very nice. Sarah Mihalopoulos, the Australian who moved to Los Angeles. Incredible. Dave Dang. Wayne Perkins. Alex Lohetpez. Alex is the guy who originally asked me about you know mighty ducks game changer season two and really saved the show if you want to look at it that way so we appreciate you all those people and anybody who's listened really i appreciate it like i said probably the most fun i've ever had uh which is why i continue to do it and why i stay up late and edit these episodes and stuff like this it's because it's fun and you guys make it fun so i appreciate you guys uh, thanks to all of you. Thanks to everybody who's listened, as I said, shared that, all that kind of stuff. Uh, at QuackDeckPod on Twitter, Facebook.com slash QuackDeckPod. Go to iTunes, give us five stars. Tell us your favorite uh, insight, I guess, from the Mighty Ducks 3 call sheet, day 15 of 44. Just an epic day. That was, um, let's see, let me pull it up. That was... July 14th, 1995. So if you remember what you were doing on July 14th, 1995, please let me know. I'm, I'm curious to see where we all were as they were shooting that. Go to the shop, as I mentioned, t-shirts, $15. If you have had an issue with your t-shirt, please let me know. We will get you a replacement. And join the Discord, as I mentioned. Thanks to our producers. I already went through all of them. And remember, ducks fly together. Got to be the man of the, the quick attack is back.